and listen for the spirit of the living God that wants to speak to you. But what happens is this, this film of deception starts to go over your eyes and over your heart. Slowly but surely. And more and more happens because the lying spirits take over. in churches and I'm not speaking specifically in this one because when we recognize it like I said I command that thing to go yes. it's not seen and just tolerated but there is witchcraft in the church in the Christian church in charismatic churches let me tell you something it should not be it should not be we have to have a mindset that understands that it's the spirit of the living God that we want to live, love and serve and do everything that we're supposed to do with all of our will, all of our heart. God says, when you serve me with everything within you, right? We're called to serve him with everything within us. The problem is, is that sometimes there's witchcraft in the church and people are unaware of it. They're not aware. So I'm not talking about witchcraft, which is so obvious that they are purposely casting spells on you, purposely operating in, in magic. I'm not talking about that, although that does exist. People that are, they call themselves witches, but they say they're Christians. No, sorry, you can't do that. There's no, there's absolutely no way that that is correct and true. Can we like help maybe give them some toys or move them a little bit into the back? Um, so there is absolutely no way, only because I need everybody to listen, I don't want any distractions, and so we need to make sure we're focused and listening to this message, because what I'm talking about today is not something that's obvious. I'm talking about something that goes without being seen. If you let it, if you let it. So we're going to start off, first of all, in Galatians chapter 3. Chapter 3, verse 1. Oh, foolish Galatians. Who has bewitched you? First of all, Paul is talking to the church. And Paul is, saying, Paul is saying right here, who has bewitched? Who has cursed you? Who has put a spell on you? He's talking to the church. Don't let anybody tell you that a Christian can't be under a spell or be have some witchcraft going on within them or around them, because it can. Paul right here very clearly says, oh foolish church, oh foolish Galatians, oh foolish believers. He's talking to believers. He says, who has bewitched you? Who has purposely misled you? Where have you taken the bait? From some spell or charm or curse or hex. Where have you taken the bait? He says that you should not obey the truth. Witchcraft will cause you to not obey the truth. So who has caused you to not obey the truth? Before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as among you, as crucified. He says, this only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish, having begun in the spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain? Indeed, it says, if indeed it was in vain. And then he goes on and says, he who supplies the spirit to you works miracles among you, right? And he does so through faith. So right here we see in this passage that Paul's talking to the Galatians church and he is saying, no, what's happening? What's going on? Sometimes the individual won't be able to see what's happening because it's already happened. And you need the body of Christ to have eyes to see to say, what happened here? What's going on here? Yeah, I know you came up to pray for this and ask for prayer for this, but I see something else going on. What's going on here? Eyes to see. Say, I need eyes to see. Lord, increase my spiritual sight. 
increase my spiritual sight, that when something like this, witchcraft, that does happen in churches, can be noticed, expelled, and passed out. Because we want a church that serves God wholeheartedly. We want to be on fire. We want to be vessels that want to give our whole heart every day and our wills to God. Our wills to God. Right? Amen. Amen. So watch Amen. your agreements even in prayer. Because see, like I said, witchcraft can have all kinds of, uh, I, could, I could talk on this topic for a long time. But specifically what I want to zero in today is the witchcraft that is done in prayer. Oh, you know, I want to pray for you. Oh, you were praying for you. Oh, the agreements of prayer. Watch the witchcraft that sometimes comes about in prayer. In prayer, when it becomes soulish, when it is not the will of God, but it is the will of an individual, it becomes their will that's projected upon the situation. And then people say, see, I prayed for that. Oh, I prayed for that. I called it and it was. I named it and claimed it. Hey, we, we believe in the, in the power of prophesying something. You speak it and it shall come to pass. But it must be in accordance to the will of God. It has to be in accordance to the will of God. And it has to be that your will is so given over to the Spirit of God that you will not allow mixture in your life. You will not. You recognize it right away, right? So when we, when I'm talking about this type of witchcraft, I'm talking about someone that wants to project their will upon you. And they're looking for the power of agreement. They're looking for an agreement in prayer. Do you know that he, this is how people operate in, in witchcraft? They need an agreement, like the literal witch. They want agreement. They get agreement with somebody to do and to bring forth, to, to bring forth that thing that they're trying to bring forth. The Bible says, how can two walk together unless they be agreed? So you can be in agreement to bring the will of God, right? And you should be. But some are in agreement to bring in the will of the devil. And we don't want the will of the devil. So you don't want to agree with the will of the devil. So here's my advice to you. When someone says, I'm gonna, let's pray, listen. When someone's prophesying over you, listen to what they're saying. Don't just be checked out of whatever they say they say. Do you know that I talk with people that this is exactly what happens to them? They think because someone's praying for them or prophesying over them, that they just, it's just correct, it's just right. Because they said, they said, thus saith the Lord. Oh, really? Let's wake up church and let's not be so immature. We, this is a Pentecostal charismatic church, and so we move in all the gifts of the Spirit. Trust me, I'm not bashing the gifts of the Spirit by any means. I want more of them, not less. I want them to be even more in this church, not less. But we must make sure that we're walking in, this, in, the, in the truth of the Word of God and not alter, not compromise, and not bring in mixture because the devil is crafty. So we want, we want to make sure we watch our agreements, even in prayer. Ungodly agreements lead to destruction. That's what happens. They lead to destruction. You know, when somebody says, oh, you know, I prayed for that, I prayed for that. And it's a constant I, 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 I. It's a constant me, 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 me. I prayed. Oh, it came to pass. I, I, I. Too many eyes in this scenario. Something's not right. How about you keep your prayers secret before the Lord? And when the prayer answer comes, the answer to the prayer comes, you can rejoice in the God of your salvation instead of taking and telling everybody, I prayed for that, I prayed for that, I prayed for that. It's not healthy. You're revealing. You still need a lot of healing. That's right. right? So it's not that you can't say, oh, I prayed for that. But when that's every word that comes out of your mouth, every time, the answer, there's pride going on there. And that is not of God. Yes. And the devil can use that. Yeah. 
I see a thumbs up back there. Let's go over to 2 Chronicles 18. So right now, what, what we're doing, like last, the last message and this message, the Lord was very clear, and he told me the last message. He said, I want you to bring that word, that word on offenses. And when you're offended, if you don't deal with that offense and get it out, you will be decommissioned. Those that will not... Those that hang on to a spirit of, of, of bitterness, of, of offense, become decommissioned by God. So that message, God breathed on me and he said, I want you to bring that because it's what the church needed. You can hear that message. It's ready for you this afternoon. It'll be ready this afternoon. Hard message, true message, healing message, one that's going to take you higher in the things of the Lord. And he said, then next I want you to talk about witchcraft in the church. So right now we're going to talk about witchcraft in the church. So are we all at first, or uh, let's see, Second Chronicles 18? Second Chronicles 18? Second Chronicles 18. Because we're talking about being unequally yoked. We're talking about not being unequally yoked. We're talking about not coming into agreement with prayers that are not of God. We're talking about being careful about what's being spoken over your life, what you just agree and accept. We're talking about being careful about agreements that are not of God, even in prayer, because then they lead to death, they lead to destruction. We want to be careful how we pray, right? So in this story here, in this story we have two kings. Okay, one king was a godly king and one was not. But there was an agreement that both of these kings came into. They both came into agreement. They became the one that was good, a good king, uh, King Jehoshaphat, became uh, in agreement with King Ahab, the worldly king, right? Ungodly king. So in verse 1, Jehoshaphat had riches and honor in abundance. And by marriage, he allied himself with Ahab. Verse 3. Ahab, king of Israel, said to Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, Will you go with me against Aramath Gilead? And he answered, and he said, I am as you are, and my people as your people. We will be with you in the war. So right there, he's agreeing with this king. He's saying, we're already in agreement through marriage, first mistake. And then he said, I, I'm as you are, we are one. You are not to be one with someone that's not walking with Christ. Yeah. You're not to be unequally yoked. And the Bible's very clear about being unequally yoked. And that's in 1 Corinthians. I'll just read it to you because I have it written down, but you can write it. 1 Corinthians 2, 14 through 16. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God. This is why you can't be unequally yoked with somebody. Because the person that doesn't have the spirit of God doesn't want to accept the things that come from God. I don't care what their lips are telling you. They may be saying, no, I'm good. I, I believe in God. I'm this. But their fruit, you will know them by their fruit. Consistent fruit, that is. So the person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God. But he considers them foolish. Foolishness, right? Because they are discerned. They are discerned only through the Spirit of God. We must use the discernment that comes from the Spirit of God to discern truth. What is truth? Thy word is truth. But we need to discern what is truth. Because the enemy is crafty. And some of you, by the time we're done with this message, are gonna say, Wow, with the Spirit of the Living God, I didn't realize that I was operating in in in, in witchcraft. I didn't realize I was operating in, in I was part of that. I didn't realize. Forgive me, Lord, teach me. 
Some of you, and that's my prayer, if that needs to be uncovered in your life, that God would uncover that. And he would reveal that to you so that you can walk in the truth of God. And therefore, you're not being a party to the enemy's assignment in your life. Amen. 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 We've got to be willing for the Spirit of the Lord to, yes. to speak to us and, and heal us like that. So the person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things. But such a person is not subject to mere human judgments. We are to make judgments, righteous judgments. We are to judge correctly, righteous judgments. That's not of God. That is of God. That's what our job is to do. We must hear and check and test and see fruit. So it says, he who has known the mind of the Lord, um, who has the mind of the Lord, but, no, sorry, who has known the mind of the Lord? But we have the mind of Christ. Yes. We have the mind of Christ. So let's go back to our main text in 2 Chronicles 18. 2 Chronicles 18, and we are at verse 4. Also, Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, okay, so he said to, to Ahab, please inquire for the word of the Lord today. So he's telling them, hey, you know, go to war with me. And he's saying, well, why don't you ask the Lord? Let's get a word from God. Let's at least... He knew that much. At least he knew to do that. Well, let's wait. I don't know, you know. You know, I know that we're, we're connected by marriage. We're connected. We're connected, you know. And, and But at the same time, huh? let's inquire of the Lord. That was good. So the king of Israel gathered the prophets together, 400 men, 400 prophets, and said to them, shall we go to war against Ramoth Gilead, or shall I refrain? And so they said, go up, for God will deliver it into the king's hands. There it is. You do know that there can be false prophecies, right? Yeah. Not every prophecy that you received is of God. So 400 of them, 400 men, they all have the same word. But Jehoshaphat said, why? Because discernment, the spirit of discernment. Is there not still another prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire of him? 400 men all came with the same, so, quote, unquote, prophecy. Go, you're going to be fine. You're going to win. Go, go to war. And Jehoshaphat says, is there still not another prophet that we can inquire of the Lord? So the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, there is still one. There is one more. But I hate him. I can't stand him. He never prophesies anything good. He always says a bad and negative word. I don't want to hear what he has to say, but yes, there is one other person. Yeah. And so it says his name is Micaiah. Jeho Jehoshaphat said, let not the king say such things. And then they called in and they brought this man, this prophet, Micaiah. And the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, they clothed in their robes, they sat on, on, on his throne, and it says the gate of Samaria. Okay, now let's let's go down. Let's go down to the middle of ten. It says, "Thus says the Lord: With these you shall gore the Syrians until they are destroyed." And all the prophets prophesied, so saying, "Go up to Ramoth Gilead and prosper, for the Lord will deliver it into the king's hands." And the messenger who had gone to call Micaiah spoke to him, and he said, now, listen. Talk about witchcraft. He said, listen, the words of the prophets with, are with one. They encourage the king. Therefore, let your words be like the one, like one of them, and speak encouragement. Talk about manipulation. 
witchcraft. You can only speak encouragement. That's what he said. He said, did you not hear the prophecy that all 400 of the other prophets spoke? He let him know in case you didn't know. Let's get him on the same page. Now, before you prophesy, make sure you prophesy something that's encouraging. Before I give you the word of the Lord, make sure it's your word first, because that's what I hear. Before I give you the word of the Lord, let's make sure that it's filtered through, through, through this human individual. That's witchcraft. Yeah. That is witchcraft. Yeah. To make sure the word sounds like the others. To make sure the word is going to is going to please man. I thought we were called to please God. First yeah. and foremost. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. And then verse 13. And Micaiah said, now listen to what he says. First he kind of messes with them. First, he kind of messes with them. He's like, really? Okay, I two can play that game. So first, he messes with them, and he says, as the Lord lives, whatever my God says, that I will speak. And then he came to the king. Micaiah says, and, and, and they came to the king, and the king said to him, Micaiah, shall we go to war, or shall I refrain? And he says, go, prosper. Go, prosper. And they shall be delivered into your hands. He is playing the game. He is saying, really, if that's what you want, that's what you get. But if you want the truth, then stop trying to dictate to God. Amen. Uh, Somebody getting this. Yes. 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 Hallelujah. The king said to him, how many times shall I make you swear that you tell me nothing but the truth in the name of the Lord? And then verse 16, then, then he said, I saw all of Israel scattered on mountains as sheep that have no shepherd. And the Lord said, these have no master, let each return to his house in peace. And the king of Israel said, did I not tell you he was going to prophesy a good word, he was, but only evil, that he would not prophesy a good word to me, but only evil? He's saying, didn't I tell you? He's now saying, wow. He's saying they're all scattered, wow. He's not bringing a good report. Then, then Micaiah said, therefore, hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne, and all the hosts of heaven standing on the right hand and his left. And the Lord said, who will persuade? Who will persuade? He said, who will persuade King Ahab of Israel to go up, that he may fall, that he may fall at Ramoth Gilead? Who? So one spoke. He's having this prophecy, this vision is what he's having. He's seeing, before he prophesies it, he's seeing, he's seeing, he'll go up to this, he's going, going up and he's seeing here and, and there's a spirit. And he's saying, who's going to go and who's going to tell the king Ahab this? So one spoke in this manner, another spoke in this manner, then the spirits that were there, then a spirit, verse 20, came forward and stood before the Lord and said, I will persuade him. A lying spirit came before him, and he said, I will persuade him. The Lord said to him, in what way? And he said, I, look at verse 21, if you have your Bibles open. He said, I will go out and be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. I will go out and be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets, and you shall persuade him also, and, and also prevail. Go out and do so. Verse 22. Therefore, look, the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouths of these prophets. The church needs to wake up. You guys see a lot of this happening. False prophecy. Tickling of people's ears. 
It's bad. It's so bad. It's bad when you see a lot of the church falling right for it. They all, they all just go right for it. You know what happens? It's like, oh, you know, we heard this word. It's a good word. And so we received it because it's a good word. Did you ever stop to ask the Lord if that so-called good word was really of God? Because it could have come just from that individual that wants to be liked and wants to be popular and doesn't really care about anything other than that. It happens in the church all the time. Maybe you guys don't know. And let me tell you, it won't happen in this church because that makes me mad, makes Amen. me upset. Because it's a lying spirit. And you entertain Amen. a lying spirit, you get deceived. But we can't entertain a lying spirit. If you entertain a lying spirit, you become duped. You become deceived. And the most important thing is that the spirit of God is grieved. Yeah. And we're not here to allow the spirit of God to be grieved. We're here to operate in the truth of his word, the fullness of it. I hear over and over and over people that come to this church, they'll say, man, I've been coming to your church and I've just been growing. I'm getting so strong. Like my life is so different. I don't even know, but I know one thing ever since I planted myself there. I say that, why? Because I'm so grateful for what God is doing in this church. Because you know what? It does take someone that's not going to bow their knee to any demon spirit. We must be in, together in this. We must recognize what God has entrusted in us. What he has entrusted in this church. Are you willing to stand alone if necessary? There was 400 men all prophesying the same thing. And it was all a lie. It was all a lie. What? What happened? It was the prayer of agreement. We're going to be in agreement. I don't know. The first time you hear somebody say something and you kind of have a check in your spirit, heed. Listen. Don't just brush it aside because you want to be nice and you don't want to become, you know, you want to be confrontational or whatever. Yeah. You, the minute you do that, you quench and lessen the spirit of the living God that wants to speak to you. Yeah. What happens is this, this film of deception starts to go over your eyes and over your heart. Slowly but surely. And more and more happens because the lying spirits take over. But I decree over you right now in any place where there is a lying spirit, that every lying spirit falls to the ground and bears no fruit. The whole COVID, the whole COVID season, what, year and a half, right? Lying spirits, demonic deceptions. Every single time, every single place, I'm constantly hearing of people and they're just, you're being plagued by this thing. Let me tell you something, demonic in nature. Not that there was no, COVID knows no, uh, uh, it, what do you call it? Virus. virus, but it is such a spirit over and above that virus that was, has an agenda to destroy you, to shut you up, and to kill you. The agenda was to kill the church. And so what I see now is even though you go, man, that's a long time ago, the effects are still here. I still see the effects. I still pray for people that I don't want so fatigue. Really? Do you think that the enemy just shows his cards all at once? Here, here, no, he lies. He's he's secretive. He continues to come in different ways. When you are praying for people that you know, people call you whatever they pray, make sure you have the discernment of the living God and call that thing out. Call it out. Let discernment arise in each one of you. Let the lies be bound and broken in the name of Jesus. Fatigue is not coming from God. Fatigue is one of the residue for many people, granted, not every single person, but for many. Fatigue is one of the symptoms that many people are dealing with right now, and they don't know what's going on. Well, it's still a residue. Take authority over it. You shouldn't be letting it keep you from church. You should be running to church. You shouldn't be saying, oh, well, I'm not up to it. You're listening to the devil. It is in church that you get healed. It is a church that you hear the truth. It is a church that where your ears that have been plugged up now with lying spirits. And don't you tell me that you have.
out of them. It is in church when you're plugged up with lying spirits that you're getting free. You're getting prayers start to happen. None of it is God. It's all soulish. It's all of your mind, your will, your emotions, but it's not your spirit. A little bit of mixture, because a little bit of mixture, a little bit of deception creeps in to bring more. And so in this story, I mean, it's, a, it's, it's not over. There's still more that happens. We just got to the point in verse 22, where the, he said, the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouths of these prophets. You know, because if you allow, if you allow a an assignment from the enemy. If you partner with it, you play with it, you 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 know you agree with it. You're opening yourself to more deception. You were never called to be a loner, an island, you know, on your own. You were never called. You're never called to walk in fear. You were never called to walk in fear. Amen. It's brought in so much fear in the church. It has brought in so much shame in the church. It's brought in a lot of different things. Yeah. But none of them are of God. Fear is not of God. Shame is not of God. You know, and even what, uh, yesterday, someone called me and they, and don't say, you know, don't say, but you know, so-and-so, you know, they got COVID. The shame is ridiculous. Yeah. 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 I said this. Yeah. Before they, before they, before they said this. Before they took that. This is going to be a prayer. I said, listen. Too many times people have come to me and they said, oh, why don't you just pray for me? I'm just not going to do it. And they make it like it's no big deal. I said, if you want me to really pull you out of the trenches, then make sure you tell me what's really going on. And don't tell me, I'm not going to do the priest and I'm doing all right. Don't tell me that. Because right. that tells me you're okay. Yeah. You're okay with Thanks. Praise God. I can praise God with you. Praise God. Glory. But if you're about ready to die, stop doing this false Christianity. And then I'll say, you know what? Are you kidding? They said they were okay. Yeah. Why? Because the church is so plagued with shame and with the plague of no. oh, you can't say the truth. Because yeah. you get judged. Right. Yeah. False. That's a lie. That's a lie. That's right. Don't come under that. Yeah.